Greetings, all. Welcome to Aquarian Diary. I'm your host, John Irving. It is February 18th, 2023. I recently published an episode titled The Stunning Transit of Neptune in Aries, and then someone with Neptune squaring their sun commented and described what they were experiencing, and of course I felt a lot of empathy for that having gone through that transit myself. And I thought, oh, well, I should do an episode on this because I can share my experience and maybe help others. And it is one of my sincerest heart's desires to be of meaningful service to others. What I described in the Neptune Transit Aries episode may have sounded a bit scary, and I didn't want to go too far down that rabbit hole in terms of my own personal experience because it would be time-consuming. I did not intend on leaving an overly negative impression of Neptune transits, so I want to delve into that more deeply. What I'm going to discuss here today will also apply if someone has a powerfully placed Neptune, or, for example, Sun in Pisces, or 12th house. Strong moon aspects, likewise. Pisces moon, moon in 12th, strong aspects between the Moon and Neptune, powerfully placed moons, etc. The Moon is very sensitive and receptive. Many, many people with strong psychic abilities have powerfully placed Neptunes. Neptune on the Midheaven, for example, is associated with people who can channel. Neptune is a gateway to the non-material realms of consciousness and other non-physical or non-material dimensions. There are too many possible combinations to mention here and keep this brief at the same time. Most of the significant spiritual periods or experiences I have had personally have coincided with Neptune transits. Absolutely, without doubt, no question. But there are some caveats. There always seems to be caveats with Neptune transits. In evolutionary astrology, there's a fascinating concept which, briefly, states that astrology and astrological transits will play out and be experienced differently depending on the evolutionary state of the person in question. So somebody who is more highly evolved may experience things differently than someone who isn't. The following may resonate with some people and to others not at all. These are very spiritualizing influences. They're not about material reality. On the spiritual dimensions, there is no time, there is no money, <laughs> there is no job or career, there are no limitations as far as we would commonly understand them here anyway. Physicality is optional. It's not about tangible material things. Of course, pragmatically, we have to deal with such constraints while we are incarnate on Earth. And Earth does not actually reflect the higher dimensions accurately in very many ways at all. That is why these kinds of influences can be so inscrutable, confusing, and challenging, because we are dealing with radically different dimensions. And that is why 
a lot of people under these influences can seek out forms of escapism. It's entirely understandable. So here's a few pragmatic suggestions if you're going through a challenging Neptune transit, like a square, conjunction or opposition, like a square to your sun or, or a square to one of your personal planets, or even a trine or a sextile. Number one, recognize that you will likely be much more psychically open than normal. You may be much more sensitive energetically to influences around you. That includes people, places, and things. Because of that, you can also be more vulnerable. I honestly think that we experience these kinds of things all the time. It's just that under a Neptune transit, you can be much more sensitive to it because you're aware of it on some level. So it behooves you to avoid negative people and negative places and negative situations if you can. There's also a tendency to be more gullible because you are more open. So you want to be careful about being around people who will abuse your trust, mislead you, lie to you, deceive you, and so on. It's a good idea if possible. Say you have to, I don't know, sign a contract. Get someone who's in a more grounded state someone like a Capricorn, <laughs> to look it over for you. Because on the spiritual dimensions, there is no theft or lies or deceit. But in practical reality, that happens all the time. Spiritual practice can really be elevated under these kinds of influences. So if you meditate or do some form of yoga or have some kind of spiritual discipline, it's an excellent time to engage in those kinds of activities. Your psychic and intuitive powers will also be amplified, most likely. So you can do things like keep a dream journal. You might practice divination, tarot card readings, something like that. Again, you have to be careful not to over-idealize certain types of people like spiritual figures or leaders. You want to be careful not to give away your power too much and later on find out that you went too far down some rabbit hole with something like an ideology. Being grounded is extremely helpful. Being in nature, walking on the earth, being in the water, taking salt baths, taking showers to help cleanse your energy field, very helpful. You may want to get some grounding crystals like tourmaline or some protective crystals like various forms of quartz that you can wear or carry in your pocket. Again, you want to try and make sure that the people who you are around are sincere and caring, honest and kind, good-hearted people as much as possible. It is a very dematerializing kind of energy. So if possible, don't worry too much about excessively materialistic things like career and wealth generation. I'm not saying to stop pursuing your career. I'm just saying that this energy is not about the material realms. So ideally, you're living a simple life where you have your essentials, you can focus on your spiritual practice, your inner work, and your own spiritual evolution. Because another aspect of this is that it's not particularly supportive of physical drive, ambition, and energy. You may find that you need to sleep a lot more than you normally do, and dream time can be amazing. So you need lots of rest and rejuvenation, and to, if possible, minimize the stress and physical demands as much as possible. 
If you do creative work, say you're an artist of some kind, or a creator, this can be a very inspired influence. You can channel ideas and expressions that may go beyond what you normally could do. So it's an excellent influence for any kind of creative endeavors. It is an excellent time to be doing any kind of selfless service. Because on the spiritual dimensions, that's a core principle. Selfless love, volunteering, or working with people who are struggling in some way, charitable activities and those kinds of things, it can be extremely rewarding. And good karma. I found personally that I used a lot of techniques with kundalini yoga and many other forms of energetic hygiene reinforcement and protection that I employed on a daily basis during that time, and still do often. Ages ago, I did an episode on this. It's not very polished, <laughs> but you can find that early on in my channel. There are tons of techniques and methods out there for doing energetic clearing and protection, and I highly recommend that. Because you're kind of energetically porous when you're open like this, and you can collect psychic impressions and influences from your environment and from other people that you need to be constantly clearing from your energy field. You can actually kind of get confused at times about which energies are yours. Are they yours or someone else's? Did you absorb them from your environment? So clearing your energy field and clearing the energy field of your immediate environment, like your apartment or your house, is highly advised as far as I'm concerned. You may find it difficult to be in environments where there's too much energy, like busy streetscapes or crowded places or concerts or something like that, or even things like shopping malls, because you will just pick up way too much energy that can be difficult to manage. That is one of the reasons the Twelfth House, which Neptune rules, is associated with seclusion, because often people who pursue a spiritual path find it too difficult to deal with all of the energies of the world, so they go off and try and seek a place where that energy and external influences are minimized. I'm not saying you need to become a monk or a hermit, but just think about that in the context of your own experience. I personally found that even excessive noise was very irritating to me, and of course there's a lot of that in the city. For example, you may find it easier to live in a more rural area. When I was going through this experience, I remember leaving the city and coming back and I could feel the energy of the city from about 40 miles away. And as I approached the city, the energy intensified. And the inverse was true. I could feel that when I got about 30 or 40 miles outside the city, the energy was much calmer. Again, I'm not saying go move to the country, but you will be feeling whatever energies are around you. I would also recommend keeping as clean and healthy a diet as you possibly can. I'm not suggesting everyone needs to become vegetarian, but you are more sensitive than normal to any kind of substances. So things like sugar and caffeine, or even things like meat or fish or poultry, may affect you more than normal, because you absorb the energy of anything you consume. Also, I found personally that I was more sensitive to chemicals, you know, chemical perfumes, cleaning chemicals, anything harsh or strong, I found quite repulsive. Also, 
I think it's very important to be aware of what your mind is focused on because you are operating in more subtle realms. Your thoughts tend to have more power or influence over your experience. So if you focus on something dark or negative, it's amplified. And we have the capacity to draw things to us based on our energetic state or consciousness. And that could be something as simple as what you're reading, a movie that you're watching, or whatever. Again, your mind is operating on a much bigger level. There are no borders or boundaries on the spiritual dimensions. Time and space do not exist. I would be misleading you, and it wouldn't be honest, if I did not state that the challenging aspects can be challenging for money. I think, based on everything I've said, that should be fairly self-evident. However, this is a dematerializing, anti-egoic, <laughs> spiritual influence. I'm not suggesting you're going to go broke. However, in my own case, I had a very strong impression for months before Neptune squared my sun that I should change my lifestyle and I should go zen get a small little apartment somewhere, very simple, very clean, all white, everything clean, simple. And to do that, I would have had to downsize and get rid of a lot of stuff. And at the time, my intellect was arguing with me, going like, well, you're really successful. Why would you need to do that? <laughs> what difference does it make? Doesn't make sense. And I even had discussions with friends where I told them what I was feeling. I said repeatedly, I'm getting this impression I should just really go Zen. <laughs> uh, I, being an idiot, I didn't trust or listen to my intuition. And it was a disaster. But it all worked out in the end. And I want to say on that subject that because this is a spiritualizing influence, my experience, and I'm getting chills here, my experience is that you get what you need. Like the universe is not going to abandon you and let you starve to death or something like that. So you have to have trust. You know, you knew before you incarnated that you were going to have this transit at this time. And a lot of it has to do with breaking down your ego so that you can become more spiritually evolved and so that you can operate on higher levels. To do that, we have to let go of all of our attachments, all of our egoic crap that binds us to the lower dimensions. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the lower dimensions, as long as we're not attached to it and that we don't identify with them. That's the problem. The problem is not the material stuff itself. It's our egoic attachment to them and that our identity is fixed to those objects, states of being, possessions, or whatever, the, or status, or whatever the case may be. On a higher level, we know that we need to transcend that, but our ego clings desperately to these things because it's safety, security, identity. Again, on the higher dimensions, we don't need any material objects whatsoever. We are infinite and timeless. So I thought I should explain that. Don't panic. The universe is going to take care of you if you trust in it.
Another thing is that because this can kind of zap our physical energy, there is the potential for people to have sort of weird health problems where it's not really clear what's causing it. Like maybe, you know, you go to the doctor and you say, I'm tired all the time and they can't figure out what's wrong with you. And then suddenly it goes away at some point down the road. And it would often be around when the transit is coming out of orb. But that's just a physical vitality thing. That's again why it's so important to eat well, get lots of rest, don't stress yourself out too much, don't overexert yourself physically, stuff like that. These transits typically tend to take a couple years, depending on your chart and retrogrades. So let's say you have a sun in Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, or Sag. The whole time that Neptune is in Pisces, in challenging aspect, you will be under this influence. That can be many years, although the transit is most intense when it is within a tighter orb like two degrees. The house that this aspect is occurring in, let's say your son is in the ninth house, will influence what areas of life this is going to show up the most in. But also pay attention to if Neptune is transiting one of the angles. Ascendant, descendant, midheaven, IC. Trust me, those are potent transits. And each point has different meaning. The ascendant is about you, how you initially and superficially present to the world. The IC is more about home and family and your immediate personal environment and the people you're associated with. The descendant is more about relationships and significant others. The midheaven is how you express yourself in the world. It includes things like career, your status, that transits over the angles, especially with the major outer planets, are very significant. In fact, we can use those to help us rectify birth times. That is how potent they are. So to summarize, be more aware of your immediate environment the people that you're associated with, the places that you're in, what you ingest physically into your body. Put more attention or energy or effort into staying grounded. Deploy and maintain a routine for good energetic hygiene and protection. Learn those skills if you do not already have them. Engage in spiritual practice if possible. Be willing to let go of attachments to material things and material reality. Simplify your life. Express your creative potential if you have that. Beware of self-delusion and being deluded by others. And that includes things like illusions and fantasies. I mean, that can be fun, but just don't get too attached to it. Be careful with drugs and stimulants. You may find that psychic experiences are amplified during this time. Avoid negative people, places, and things. Study metaphysical subjects. Trust that the universe will give you everything you need, and that anything you don't have, you don't need. Engage in selfless service, like volunteering and charities, or helping those in need. And this is an excellent time to expand your consciousness and to find out where your egoic attachments are and how to release them. Anyway, I think that's it for now. I hope this is helpful to someone. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to put them in the comments section. 
And uh, I try and keep up with that, although it can be a bit challenging sometimes. Take care, all the best, and I'll talk to you again soon.